Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. Hey, it's Chapeau Claudette. Welcome to episode 296 on May 2nd. It is National Global So-Called Astronomy Day that's supposedly been cancelled because of COVID-19. But it doesn't need to be cancelled because it's a reminder to look up to the stars. Astronomy. Astro is the word for stars and nomi is normally the study of so yeah you can do that i'm doing it from my window now and i am looking at octurus which is really bright in our sky it is above the virgo constellations above spitka in alignment with spitka actually as well they share the same degrees so if you want to look up and see where it is so what's happening on this podcast i will share with you where the heavenly bodies are at the time of 2222 which it was just past gmt time and let's do it for new york time it'd be 1722 is that correct Yes, and that is 22 minutes after 5 p.m. And in California, it's 22 minutes after 2 p.m. So it's a 2 2 2, which is great, right? Because we like those twos. Okay, so where are the heavenly bodies? Quite interestingly enough, our moon is glowing. Um, you can see it, it's set early though. So you might not be able to see it, but it's at 21 degrees of Leo. Next, we have Pluto. Well, I guess I should share where K2 is. It's the south node. It's at 3 degrees of Sagittarius near the galactic center. Ooh, quite interesting. I want to see what's happening when in that when it's in that area. Next, we have our wonderful Pluto that has actually moved one arch minute backwards. So it's no longer standing still at 28 arch minutes, 28, 28. No, it is now 28, 27 arch minutes of Sagittarius. So it's Pluto is moving backwards. If you can check in your chart, if you, your sky chart, if you are a student of mine and I've given you these um new <laughs> more comprehensive skies then i hope you can follow along next we have ooh jupiter at 30 degrees and 30 arch minutes saturn at 1 degree of capricorn almost 2 degrees mars hey welcome to 22 degrees we're just catching it at 22 degrees cuz it's about to turn to 23 degrees and because Neptune is also at 22 degrees, so Mars is at 22 degrees of Capricorn, Earth energy, and Neptune is at 22 degrees, been there for ages, of Aquarius. 
Next we have Chiron, which we know isn't a planet, but we uh, monitor where it is. It's at 15 degrees Pisces, where it's been for a while. And my new uh, conscious position of planet X called Eris, named Eris, that is actually in the constellation of Satus. If you go to look at inthesky.org, you will find it. That's in dash the dash sky dash or oh i think a cloud take see you gotta get out there and see those stars before cloud covers it up oh this is a weird cloud coming anyway okay i digress sorry so this is at 32 degrees of pisces in the mathematical calculation so you can look at your sky see if you have anything in the vicinity of 32 degrees pisces and you might want to get in touch with me because <laughs> I'm doing some studies on that. And I like to share um, that information and to kind of, yeah, have a discussion about what that means for you. Because it's a new uh, planet in our consciousness. We're curious to know what's happening with it and how it's connecting to our life in in this plane, in this earth plane. Next, we have the Uranus, also at the last degree, the last position, the last arch minute of seven degrees of Aries, which is also Satus territory. So this is the kind of the end of the part called the seed. And then, you know, it's Aries is fire, but there's where Satus is, the sea dragon, which embodies fire, earth, and water. Next, we have, uh, so I said Uranus at 7 degrees of Aries. Then we have Mercury at 11 degrees and 34 arch minutes of Aries. Coming up to the sun, the sun is 13 degrees, almost 14 degrees of Aries. And Venus is at 26 degrees of Taurus. And last, but definitely not least, moving backwards, so... Just coming into Taurus is the North Node, Rahu, at 36 degrees of Taurus. So that I've shared that with you. I would like to share with you, in honor of Astronomy Day, something that was written or spoken by Rudolf Steiner on the 27th of July, 1923. So if you are curious about the stars and definitely curious about what people were thinking about them a hundred years ago, uh, then feel free to hang on to the next segment. Lots of love from me. And, uh, yeah, keep looking up. No. So I'm back to share with you on this Astronomy Day a lecture from our dear Dr. Rudolf Steiner given on July 27th, which is a very important day for me, actually, 1923, in Dornach, Switzerland. And it's called The Spiritual Individualities of the Planets. So I will read verbatim what it says. I'm not sure if I'm going to read it all. So um, 
if you want to hear it all, contact me. I'm not sure how long I will go, but enjoy it while I do. So it begins as he is speaking in first person. I want to add to what has previously been said some explanations of certain deeper foundations of world mysteries of which in modern civilization all knowledge has been lost. He likes long-winded and uh, sentences, which is good. So let's start again because it's a long one. What he's saying is he wants to, in the first person, I want to add, no commas here, to what has previously been said, some explanation of certain deep foundations of world mysteries of which in modern civilization all knowledge has been lost. To realize the loss, we need think only of the modern conceptions of the planetary system. That it originated in some kind of rotating priviral nebula, comma, from which the various planetary bodies were dispersed. Speculations derived from this picture have led merely to the idea that there are no fundamental differences between these heavenly bodies and this is the prevailing attitude towards them. New paragraph. If the whole planetary system is compromised in the picture of a rotating nebula, that's like a space cloud, reading by Cloudette, <laughs> no, just space cloud, nebula, out of which the heavenly bodies gradually separated, what essential difference is there between, for example, the moon and Saturn? Question mark. It is, of course, true that very important researches carried out during the 19th century into earthly substances, particularly the minerals, have been able to say a great deal about the material composition of the heavenly bodies and have worked out a certain kind of physics and chemistry for them. This has made it possible for ordinary textbooks to give specific details about Venus, Saturn, the moon, and so on. But all this amounts to no more than making an image of, let us say, the physical organism of man, leaving out of account altogether the fact that he is being he is a being of soul and spirit with the help of initiation science we must again learn to realize that our planetary system too is permeated 
with soul and spirit. And today, I want to speak of the individualities and the individual characters of the several planets. New paragraph. We will think, to begin with, of the planet nearest to Earth, the planet with whose history the Earth's history, though only in a certain sense, is bound up and which once played an entirely different part in earthly life from the part it plays today. You know, from my book, Occult Science, an outline also published as Esoteric Science, that there was once a cosmic age, relatively speaking, not in a very remote past, when the moon was still united with the earth. The moon then separated from the earth and now circles around it. When we speak of the moon as a physical body in the heavens, its physical nature is only the external, the most external revelation of the spiritual behind it. To those who have knowledge of both its outer and its inner nature, the moon in our universe represents itself to begin with as a gathering of spiritual beings living in great seclusion. Outwardly, the moon acts as a mirror of the universe. The fact that it reflects the light of the sun is evident to the most superficial observation. So we can say, what comes from the moon is the light of the sun which has shone upon it and is then reflected. First and foremost, then, the moon is a mirror of the sun's light. Now, as you all know, we see what is outside or in front of a mirror, but do we not see what is behind it? The moon is not the mirror of only the sun's light, for it reflects everything that radiates upon it. The radiations of the solar light being, of course, by far the strongest. All the heavenly bodies in the universe send their rays towards the moon. And the moon, as a mirror of the universe, then radiates them back in every direction. It can be said, therefore, that the universe is before us in a twofold aspect. It reveals itself, number one, in the environment of the earth, and two, is radiated back by the moon. The sun's rays work with tremendous power in themselves and also in their reflection from the moon. But every other radiation in cosmic space is also reflected by the moon. There is the manifest manifested universe, 
and there is also the reflection from the moon. Anyone capable of observing the mirror pictures thrown back by the moon in all directions would have the whole universe before him in reflection. Only that which is within the moon, that and that alone remains. If I may so express it, the moon's secret, it remains hidden. Just as what is behind a mirror remains hidden. What is behind the outer surface of the moon in the innermost sphere of the moon is significant above all in its spiritual aspects. The spiritual beings peopling this innermost sphere of the moon are beings who shut themselves off in strict seclusion from the rest of the universe. They live in a moon fortress. And only someone who, by developing certain qualities connected with the human heart, succeeds in relating himself to the sun's light in such a way that he does not see the reflection from the moon, only for such a man does the moon become, as it were, inwardly transparent, and he can penetrate into his moon fortress of the universe. He then makes the significant discovery that through the utterances through the teachings of those beings who have withdrawn into seclusion in this moon fortress, certain secrets can be revealed that were once in the possession of the most advanced spirits on the earth, but have long since been lost. The further we go back in the evolution of the earth, the less do we find the abstract truths that are the pride of present-day humanity. More and more we find pictures, truths expressed in pictures. We wrestle upon, we wrestle our way through the deeply significant truths still preserved as a last echo of Oriental wisdom in the Vedas and Vedanta philosophy. We press on to the primal revelations hidden behind the myths and sagas and we realize with wonder and awe that a glorious wisdom was once possessed by men who received it without intellectual effort as grace from the spiritual worlds. And finally, we come to all that was once taught to primeval humanity on earth by the beings who have now withdrawn into the moon fortress in the universe. 
after leaving the earth altogether with the moon, a certain memory was preserved of what these beings had once revealed to the people of a remote past, to men whose nature was quite different from human nature as it is today. If we succeed in phantoming this mystery, I will call it the moon mystery of the universe, we realize that these beings who have now entrenched themselves in the moon fortress were once the great teachers of earthy humanity. But all consciousness of the reality of spirit and soul hidden in this fortress has been lost. What is still transmitted to the earth from the heavens represent only what the outer surface, the walls as it were, of the moon fortress radiate back from the rest of the universe. The moon mystery was one of the deepest secrets in the ancient mysteries, for it is the primal wisdom that the moon enshrines within itself. What the moon is able to reflect from the whole universe forms the sum total of the forces which sustain the animal world of the earth, especially the forces that are connected with the sexual nature of animals. These forces also sustain the animal element in man and are connected with his sexual nature in this physical aspect. So the lower nature of man is a product of what radiates from the moon, while the highest wisdom once possessed by the earth lies concealed within the moon fortress. In this way, one comes gradually to acknowledge of the individuality of the moon, to knowledge of what the moon is in reality, whereas all other knowledge is only like information we could glean about in human being from a pasteboard image of him displayed in some exhibition. Such an image would tell us nothing, whatever nothing whatever about the man's individuality. Equally, it is not possible from a science that refuses any approach towards initiation to know anything about the individuality of the moon. So that's all that in this lecture in July 27, on July 27th, 1923 that Rudolf Steiner said about the moon and next goes on about Saturn but I'll leave that for another time thank you for listening and because again it's turned into another day I will give again the positions of where the heavenly bodies are for the 3rd of May 2020 please also take an opportunity for the previous positions to shed light on perhaps what was happening on the 2nd of May on Global Astrology Day. Thank you for listening. Until next time. And I'll just, uh, will end with a very factual 
uh, sharing of where the heavenly bodies are. So I'm back. The final segment will be where the heavenly bodies are for the 3rd of May, 2020 at 1911. That's 11 minutes after 7 p.m. GMT time. That would be for New York time. 11 minutes after 2 p.m. And for California, 11, 11 a.m. 11 minutes after 11 a.m. on the 3rd of May. So we have not in in London in GMT time would be the, the only place where we would see a different constellation rising. And that is around 37 degrees of Virgo. Then we have our south node still at 3 degrees of Sagittarius. Also Pluto in the same place at 28 degrees Sagittarius. Jupiter also at 30 degrees Sagittarius. Saturn at still 1 degree Sagittarius turning to 2. Not today, but soon. Mars has moved on to 23 degrees of Capricorn, as I just want to reiterate that Saturn is at Capricorn as well. Neptune is always at 22 degrees, moves very slowly, takes 84 years to go through the zodiacs. And Chiron is still at 15 degrees. Of course, Planet X will be at 32 degrees forever. <laughs> ah, Uranus has moved to number 8, 8 degrees of Aries. Interesting enough. Mercury will be moving conjunct to our sun tomorrow. They'll be sharing the same space. Right now it is at the time, not right now, at the time that I noted, 11 minutes after 7 p.m. GMT time, it will be 13 degrees of Aries and the sun is 14 degrees of Aries. Next we have our Venus at 26 degrees of Taurus and our north node at 36 degrees of Taurus. Last but not least is our moon, which is approaching the end of Leo. It's at the magical 33 degrees of Leo. And in the next six hours, that would be on the 4th, the morning of the 4th, it will move into Virgo. So enjoy this um, Leo playful creative sun. And I will be in touch when the heavenly body shift again. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have any questions, do not hesitate to ask here or at aka Claudette at skyastrology.com or on my Instagram at aka Claudette. Take care of yourselves.